Welcome to the Food Freedom Habit Podcast, where you can find freedom from food crazies using nothing but your own brain. With me, Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach. Would you like permanent food and body peace without tracking one trigger or calorie? Whether you're dealing with overeating, binge eating, bulimia, food obsession, body hate, or the endless diet cycle, we do all this without delving into past trauma, starting yet another food plan, or monitoring every meal. Live a free life aligned with your health and values. If you're ready for something real, you're in the right place. All episodes are 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. Hi guys, this is Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach, and we are ending eating disorders using nothing but your brain. And when we talk about eating disorders, we talk about any sort of relationship with food or body that is keeping you from living life how it's supposed to be lived, you know, keeping you from living life from your joy and your passion and your feeling like yourself and being able to focus on others and being present, all of that. So sometimes this is a mental obsession with food and body that just clouds you from being able to be with the people that you want to be with because you've always got this going on in the background and taking up mental energy. Sometimes that's obsession with body. It's that body hate. It's that, you know, always you know having your body as a project, feeling like you're at war with your body. Sometimes it's this this habit and cycle with food, whether you're using food to numb, you know, the feelings or the circumstances that you find yourself in, whether it's something where you're binge eating, you're restricting, you are, you know, binging and then trying to make up for it or overeating and trying to make up for it in some way. And so it can come in a lot of different forms, but what it comes down to is that there are incredible people all around the world that have amazing gifts that have a life that they deserve to be able to live and that there's this thing with food in the way and that it doesn't have to be. We can get that out of the way so you can finally get back to living. And I am so excited to celebrate another amazing warrior of freedom today. She's so much fun, you guys. It's like wherever she goes, she is just the the light in the room and just so funny and fun. And one thing that I want to talk about is like, with something that our clients say over and over is that after all the heaviness of everything they've done and the gloom and the doom and they're like, I'm broken and I'm ruined and like, let's trudge through all this trauma. They come to us and if they've been in us for 40 years, you know, it's like, okay, like four weeks later, they're free, but it was fun. Like it was a good time. Like it's a really good time to get free because this is your life. Like part of getting free from this is the the good time and it is a time of your life so we might as well make it fun and i think that this incredible woman is such an amazing example of that so i am really excited to celebrate and have on our show today the amazing deb deb welcome hello so fun to have you here and let's just launch in and Let's hear a little bit about you and where this all started. And I'm just so excited for everyone to feel your energy and know you so we can celebrate you. So okay. tell us a little bit about you and where this sort of origin story happened. Yeah. Food. Well, it was a long time ago <laughs> when I was very young. In fact, the first time that I realized I was, I was chubby or overweight, I was in ballet class. I think I was four years old. And um, our costumes came and my mom was supposed to sew the flowers on the costume. And the next door neighbor had the same costume and she was very, very, very thin. And there was this little bit of panic because there weren't enough flowers for my 
for my little suit, my mom had to put extras on. So I thought like, how lucky am I? They have six flowers. I have eight. Yay. You know, I didn't realize it was a bad thing because you don't when you're little, you know? Yeah. Um, but I do remember at that point there being this, like I'm different than everyone else. And um, so, yeah, it started really young. My mom was in weight clubs all her life and we had a shrine to a program uh, called Tops, Take Off Pounds Sensibly in our, in our basement. And we had, you know, awards and um, pins you wore, and, and I, rem my, I remember even at four, maybe even younger, serving vegetables to the weight club ladies, and, uh, you know, sitting on the steps and watching them get their awards, or their tea towels, or whatever, for having lost weight, so it was just a part of the fiber of who I, who I was always. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought that up, I think it's really important to examine you know, you guys will see this in, you know, these, these freedom stories and these journeys of these real women is we don't start out feeling like there's something wrong with us, right? It's like, yeah. this is life and this is my body and this is who I am and isn't life wonderful and you're a kid. And even if you have hard things happen, it's like, we all start out with just being us. And then it's whether it's through our parents or society or, you know, comments of other people that we realize like, oh, actually the weight that I am, the shape that I am, whatever it is, it's like, now I'm finding out that there's something wrong with that. Now I'm finding out there is a social consequence for being who I naturally am. And that's, that's a big deal moment. And a lot of times when these things start, so I can see Deb, I mean, this is a culture in your household. This is something that, you know, you were very familiar with. It was the water you were swimming in. Tell us a little bit about when you started having this realization that, you know, things weren't okay and maybe what you tried to do about it or some of those early thoughts about food and body. Well, even, uh, you know, back in the 60s when uh, two-piece bathing suits were coming in, we weren't even down to the little bikinis yet. It was just two-piece bathing suits, but um, I wanted one in the worst way. And my mom, you know, said, you're too chubby for a two-piece bathing suit, whatever. And I remember, um, just crying. I, I was so, so young, maybe 10, some, well, going into the fourth grade, so around then. And um, so she, they had very little money, but what money she did work in the evenings. And she took me to the, this diet doctor in Des Moines. So I was only 10 years old and I was on a lot of amphetamines for, I know from Thanksgiving to Easter time, because I remember those markers of, of what I was eating and all. And in addition to just swimming in that water that we that I knew no, nothing different. Whoa, did I become loved when I got thin. Like I can remember at Thanksgiving sitting there and just inside just shaking from all the drugs that I was on. But everybody's saying, you're not gonna eat anything for Thanksgiving dinner or you're, you're only gonna have cottage cheese today, you know? And, and me thinking that was just a virtue and, and being so rewarded for it you know, oh, what willpower you have, oh, how good you are, how, so really, we get all kinds of messages that tie up that that's our worth. Um, so I thinned down for a few years, and then by junior high, um, I did notice that after my, after lunch, I, I had a math class after lunch, and I did fine in school, it wasn't that, and I was getting, I was putting on weight again, and I remember the food after lunch just coming up in my throat, and swallowing it down and hoping nobody noticed. And then it would happen again. And then I didn't think much of it. I just thought everybody does this or what is this? 
And that went on for years. I never told my parents. I never, I didn't spit it out. I just, I just swallow back down and, and go on with the shame of it for years. And until Oprah told me that you could spit that out. <laughs> they were having this big program, um, either Phil Donahue or Oprah about bulimia. And I didn't even know there was such a thing. And then I, that's when they were telling me that people threw their food up. So it's like, well, this is a gift from God. You know, I have this innate ability to bring this food up without any pain or nausea or anything like that. I'll just start spitting it out and then I'll be thin. And boy, did that start, you know, a cascade of eating issues that were really dangerous. Yeah. yeah. And Deb, thank you so much for sharing that. Like, your story is so, so incredibly important. So a note that I want to make here is, I mean, Deb, going into third grade, I mean, like, I have a, a daughter that's a little older than that. I mean, this is, these are little kids. Like, I want you guys to imagine a little girl of like eight, nine, ten. Like, that is a very little young person. And what we know about amphetamines today, like, not okay right it's like people have permanent heart damage from that like so we we hear these stories right and this is not an uncommon thing which is like a sad thing that girls get taken at like nine or ten right when you're starting puberty right when your body might be changing a little bit you're taken to the doctor especially you know in in the 60s and this authority figure oftentimes male is mm -hmm. saying your daughter's body is not okay and she needs to take these drugs so that she can change that. Like think of just the layers of messages that that puts on a person. And then this mother who's just trying to do, you know, what the doctor is telling her to do is putting her daughter on these drugs, just like with your story, Deb. And like your, your story is not a singular one. And I just want to bring awareness to we hear these stories of little girls being put on diet pills and amphetamines when they were little in the 60s and we're horrified. And then we see what's happening right now and we're seeing our little girls being taken to the doctor when they're little and the doctor saying they need to not eat carbs anymore or they need to have these packaged meals or they need to you know, be eating this many calories and tracking it all the time. And we're saying like, health, 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 yay for health. And that's exactly what they were saying in the 60s with putting little girls on amphetamines. So it's just so important to look at what's happening right now, realizing the same insanity is still happening until we start standing up for something different. And especially with the bulimia, right? It's like all the virtue in that, you know, like, oh, I have this gift. Oh, this is wonderful. Like, because the, the value is anything for being thin. Look right. at all the praise, all the love, anything for being thin. And so I'm so glad you brought that up because it's a really important story to be in, in the world of that experience. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, that's very dangerous. I mean, you can, you're a young girl, you know, your heart can stop anytime you're purging. Like, I mean, Deb, where did it go from there? Like, as it started escalating and turning into bulimia? Um, you know, I don't think I was actively... Um, I think by college days, I really wasn't, I, I was still always having the, um, you know, the sort of gastric reflux stuff, but I wasn't throwing that up. You know, I wasn't, I was just swallowing it back down like usual. And then I, I was trying to lose weight. Um, 
you know, I, I think about how tortured I was in my pregnancy because I was an OB nurse. And so all my friends were going to see my weight on all the records, you know, it was going to be a big deal. And, and, you know, I just, I, I did so many crazy things that shows the insanity of, of, you know, of this goofy thinking that somehow, uh, I don't know, I just realized that it's serious enough that knowing all I knew about being an OB nurse and about having a premature baby was still vomiting while I was pregnant. And that could have caused so many problems. So there was just this like um, feeling of uncontrolled, being unable to control and shame because I was a nurse and teaching other people all about this happy time of their birth. And then when I, um, when my daughter was born, I have two children. When my daughter was born, I realized that if I didn't change something, this is how she was going to see the world. You know, if, if it, she was only going to know what, she, you know, what my mom didn't know to protect me from, I thought at least I can, you know, look into this issue. So I started going to therapy and I started to, I finally went and told someone um, about the food coming up and he just took a step back and said, well, I'm sorry, but that only happens with cows that, that you can... And I mean, I, I actually turned him in to the board of physicians for his comment because it took so many years and courage to finally come and say, this is what's going on for me. And then to have him just dismiss it in such a horrible example. Yeah. Um, it just shows the perseverance and the strength that women do have to just say, that was horrible. Um, and so I, you know, I, I talked to him about it and he, you know, he was unaware, but it still wasn't a good excuse. It just, you know, so then I started getting my power and for about started meeting people who were in the non-diet movement back in the day, the first ones, and, uh, even went on a book tour with a woman who wrote a book about not dieting. So for about 10 years, I didn't diet and I slowly gained weight, but I was not, I was raising kids and I was busy and I, I was happy as I thought I, you know, I was happy. Um, but I, at some point there was a reunion and I wanted to look affinity for this reunion. And so I started dieting again. And same thing with both of my kids' weddings. Every time there was a big event and I started a diet, then years would go on. It's like the ups and downs and ups and downs. So I remember when the kids were little and I'm reading all these self-help books and I'm going, oh, this is me. Oh, I'm on Rembrandt. Oh, look at this is me. And, uh, and I would never read what to do really. <laughs> I just get more books about what was wrong with me. And I realized that I was really doing a tutorial on everything that could be wrong with me. And I decided to just stop that. And so for 10 years, I had a lot of freedom and I had the energy to start a business and I had the energy to, you know, be vulnerable in front of audiences. And I was telling women that they were beautiful just as they were. So I'm a professional speaker. I'm on the road. I'm talking to hundreds and sometimes thousands of women at a time. And I'm telling them they're beautiful as they are. And the one thing I never did, I didn't lie to them. I always said, um, they could have gotten a perfect speaker, but they got me. And I'm here to tell you that just keep trying. You will find an answer for you even though I didn't have an answer for me. I just kept saying, keep trying, keep trying. You won't get anywhere if, you are, if you're loathing yourself, if you don't love yourself, if you can't stand yourself, which we've all felt. 
you won't make progress. So let's start with just loving yourself. And I believe a solution will come. And I really believe that many years later, you were that solution. You know, I, I do believe that, um, that the basic years of working on loving myself was just a gift to be able to do what I'm doing now. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful, Deb. So, I mean, let's, let's bring to awareness a few things here, because this is all just so incredibly powerful. I mean, I want to just make note that you were, you were getting your power, you were strong. Like, it's not this insane thinking that insane women are thinking. It's sane and powerful and loving and caring and just these incredibly intelligent women that are still getting sucked back into, well, but we'll set that aside because we've got a wedding coming up, because we've got a reunion coming up, because it's, it still takes precedent, right? Yeah. That's the culture that we live in. I mean, for that doctor to be unaware, I mean, like you said, that's not an excuse, but to be in a culture where a doctor could be unaware that yeah. that's very wrong. Like it's very wrong to treat people that way. It's very wrong to, you know, equate that. Like so little education about the the struggle that society thrusts upon women to try to manage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that. Even more. Every year that passes, I think it's more. Um, bo young boys are are more and more exposed to that. I mean, I think young boys are where we were, what are twenty five, thirty years ago, with it, but you see the same thing, the damage that now, you know, that society puts on us all to have these unattainable bodies, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's such a great point. You know, a lot of these issues affect women in a specific way that they also affect men and they also, I mean, they affect people of any, any walk, any gender or non-gender or, you know, like whoever you are in the world, there's this huge pressure to, you're, well, you're not enough and you can change it. You have full power to change it. Just have enough virtue and willpower and quite oh, yeah. enough. It's, mm -hmm. it's not like something where, oh, well, that's, that's your lot in life. And we're, tr you're, we're celebrating that you're making the most with what you've been given. It's, it's not your lot in life. If you are any amount overweight or not looking how you should, you have control. If you were just good enough, if you just worked hard enough, so it's this message of, okay, well then that person, because they're not the shape that that billboard says that women or whoever should be, then you should be able to change that if you were just good enough. Just better. And yeah, mm -hmm. just better. And what would you say were some of your, your darkest points for you, like in this, this whole journey, this lifetime of, with this message, being how, how wonderful and powerful you are and such an inspiration, what were some of the darkest moments for you, Deb? Um, you know, they're, 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 um, maybe not, maybe not like lightning striking and it's one moment, but just this, um, inability to really celebrate my, me because I have this thought always, yeah, but you like, so I would get an award about bringing women's history humor to schools and then I would get the award and my brain would say, yeah, but you, you can't, you know, you can't diet, you can't lose weight. It just was always this chipping away of every success, you know, um, 
yeah, um, you got a job to speak to all these women and, you know, yeah, you can tell them to love themselves, but you can't figure it out. You know, just this like ongoing um, erosion of one, one thing that did happen through therapy and, and, you know, talking with other women was I did see that the bulimia was violence toward myself. Like I realized that that was a violent act and I didn't want any more violence toward myself. And that helped me stop uh, purging for 25 years, something like that. I was still overeating, but I wasn't purging. And, um, and then, you know, just, just recently, like, you know, before I started this program, I just had those thoughts again about, um, and I, I, you know, they, people in say Overeaters Anonymous will tell you that um, the disease continues to progress and that you're always going to have this and it's going to just keep getting worse and worse. And so I was fearful that like how much worse could it be? And it never once occurred to me that there wasn't something until, until I worked with you, I never ever considered that there was the possibility that I wasn't broken, that I wasn't, irredeemable that this would never I just did not believe it could ever go away so I was just trying to manage all these things and feeling very uh, just very discouraged so uh, yeah those times where you just you just think I can't um, yeah going through a lot of drive-throughs and eating foods that really didn't want um, Oh, always when I'm on the road, you know, like in airports, that's, you know, it's like, oh, I'm out from anybody's, nobody can see what I'm having. I can have as much food as I want when I'm on the road and feeling how that disrupted my ability to remember the lyrics and my songs and everybody's name and all the things I love so much. So I realized that, you know, this wasn't, this wasn't just a little issue with eating. It was permeating all, you know, like all parts of my life. And uh, yeah, and my husband, we met when we were 16 and I did not tell him this until maybe in my thirties when, when I started therapy, when I, you know, so like it was a big secret. And I think secrets just, they're just hard on us, you know, carrying around big secrets. Yeah. And there's so much shame associated with it because there's so much morality around it, right? It's yeah. like, if you let someone know that you're out of control with food, then our society, there's this message. It reflects so much on who you are as a person. Yeah. 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 That secrecy is a real part of it. And I think that sharing what, you know, what you're comfortable at, whatever level you're comfortable with sharing, not being forced to share anything. It, it is so therapeutic just to hear somebody else say, oh, I felt like that. Or I couldn't celebrate my wedding because I knew that underneath, you know, I wasn't really truly happy um, or what, whatever it is. But I was one of those people, and I still am, that I pushed myself. Like, I didn't, I didn't hide from the world. I, I sort of proved I could do whatever at any weight, which I think came from that 10 years of a non-dieting kind of thought. And I, I'm glad. I, you know, I traveled by myself. I've, I've done a lot of things that um, I could have used my weight as not a reason not to. Um, but I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do it from joy, not from trying to prove something. Like, I, I don't want to make it like, yeah, but see how strong you are and see how whatever. I want it to be like intrinsic in me 
wanting to do things instead of trying to prove myself. And, yeah. and now I'm seeing that happening. It's so cool. It's a big difference. Cool. So thank you so much for this, Deb. Is there anything else that you wanted to describe or really give place and voice to of what it was like to struggle with this for so long? I think that the isolation of it, you know, I think that not, you know, that I, I here I am, I'm you know, invited to these conferences and I'm coming on stage and everybody thinks I have it together. And even though I tell them from the stage, I don't have it together. I, I just had such shame I was carrying around, like just such shame. And people would say, oh, I wish I could be like you, you know, and, and I, I would just have such horrible shame. And I just think that releasing that shame is going to be, you know, ongoing for, for the rest of my life. I, I started talking about not dieting and well, I just started talking about how much time women spend on talking about their thighs and their bodies. And what if we use that time to do like amazing things? Like what if we, you know, came up with new solutions to age old problems because we weren't sitting around talking about our latest diet. But I've been to, I remember my first talk was as long as your fat grams aren't double your IQ, you're probably okay. You know, like just whatever your fat grams are, I'm sure that you're going to be okay. And then I switched it to whatever your carbs are. And then I switched it to, you know, whatever your weight watcher points or your keto diet. I mean, you could just do this the rest of your life. There's so many. Because there's always some new, always something. Some new thing always. to take away attention from what really matters. and. Yeah. And to know that you're okay, that you, that you're not broken. It's just, I just want people to know you're not broken um, because it is hard. It, it, you know, I believed all the stuff about what you think is what you manifest. I've read all the stuff. I mean, I've taken all the classes. I've spent a lot of money on, you know, retreats about weight loss and just like your other um, members, you know, just, on wackadoodle things, every diet on the planet. Um, so it's just a big change in my life to wake up in the morning and not have it be um, the first thing I think about. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Okay. Um, so, Deb, yes, tell us, like, what do you love most about being on the other side of this? Like, now that you've had this journey, what contrast? What is your life like now? Well, you know, I just feel more peaceful. I just, you know, even though every day, regardless of what I eat or don't choose to eat, which is completely my choice, I feel peaceful because I'm not, I've released the judging of it. You know, I just, there's just a sweetness, just kind of a lightheartedness. And I've always been a really sunny personality and all that, but I don't have that heavy underlying tug that says, yeah, but you can't this or yeah. Like, I don't have that. I, I call the voices in my head, Sybil and the gang. <laughs> They're all up there telling me stuff, you know, all the time. And I don't have that sort of cruelty in, in my brain anymore. Um, so it's really, it, you know, I, I eat, some days I eat more, some days I eat less. Uh, some day, what I really noticed is that the foods that I want sound good to me. I used to eat anything that was available. It didn't matter even if it could be expired. I'd eat it, you know, and just had no discerning uh, palate at all. I just ate what was available wherever. And now I'll think to myself, I don't really like that anymore. Did I like that all those years? 
you know, if I'm going to have, I remember just somebody going on some program, like you have to have, you know, free range beef and it ha you have to have, like, there can be no chemicals anywhere. And I was driving myself nuts trying to get all this whole food, which is very good for me and all that. Now I want a better grade of something, but not because I have to, or because I can't have, it's just what I have a taste for is the higher quality of something. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really, that's really great. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, like yeah. let's celebrate a couple of things here. It's so neat. First of all, just being able to eat what you want and it's all your choice. Like that alone, like not being pulled by all of these different directions or feeling out of control. That's just huge. Yeah. And not hiding, hiding, eating from my husband or from my friends. I, you know, it always have like we all yeah, have a salad in front of everyone and then have something else that I really wanted later. So yeah, that cool thing. Yeah. And the flexibility of being able to have what you want and that, that changes from day to day and that you can actually know what you want, Deb. Like, I know. Like there's nothing as sustainable as doing what you want. And when you can actually find out your true desires, when you can have something higher quality because you want to have something higher quality, not because you should or have to, or you'll feel guilt if you don't, like, right. Oh, really big stuff. Yeah. What else, what else are you celebrating? Well, I'm also celebrating too that, like, when I go to people's houses or for coffee, yeah, you know, everybody, everybody, I spent so much of my life talking about, oh, I can't have that. Oh, I have that. This one, you know, all of us as women, we just spend way too much time talking about food and bodies. So, um, I just went on a little weekend retreat with a small mastermind group of other speakers. And I thought, I'm not going to say a thing about my weight, my body, where I am. Cause usually, you know, if you go six accomplishments, here's where I'm failing. And so I thought, you know, I'm just not going to, I'm just, it's not going to be part of my conversation at all. And, and it was, it was great. And my, one of my friends said, I've never seen you like this before. Like I've never seen you not talking about how bad food is for you or whatever. And it was just a joy not to have someone say, um, now, is there anything special you have to have? Cause I'm, you're coming over. Like what diet are you on? Basically, are you doing carbs? Are you doing blah, 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 all this? And I would do that. You asked about a bad, bad moments. And I just remember standing in the grocery store with my grocery cart with all kinds of stuff in it and just not knowing what to do. What should I eat? Do I eat this? Do I eat this? Should I? I haven't thought, like, I can't have that. Oh, yeah, you can have that. No, no, no. And just leaving the grocery cart, just being overwhelmed by the immobility of having so many people telling you what you need and what you should do, how you should think, and what you should, you know, the, the idea that I can go in now and I can, if I want to get something that might not be the highest nutritional value. I can, you know, but I don't, I don't stand there immobilized by all those outside influences anymore. I listen to my own, my own self. It's great. I'm in here. Who knew? I was in here all along. The whole time, Jen. I was in here. Oh, such an incredible joy. Yeah. And being able to find you, know that you've been there all along, get to live as you, and listen to that incredible woman that you are. Of anyone who should be listened to, Deb, like, you're a great person to listen to. Yeah. And, and when I'm out entertaining women now, like, say, since August when I started, my 
my less judging when I judge myself less, I found I find so much more grace for everyone else. Yeah. I thought that I loved everyone else, just not me. But the truth is, I didn't I wasn't loving fully until I stopped being so cruel to myself. So it's been it's been nice. So beautiful. And and honestly, I mean that's something that a lot of times is found on the other side of this, right? So it's like, I didn't realize how much I judged other women until I stopped judging myself. I was in that place. Oh, I don't judge anyone else. Oh, I love everyone else. But like, it's just me. I just, it's just self-loathing. It's just like, it's, it's what's happening with me. And then when you're on the other side of it, you're like, no, I was judging and nitpicking and just tearing down everyone else and you don't realize that until you get to enjoy yourself again and so i mean yeah the food part of it is super cool the mental energy the finding yourself all of that is beautiful but one thing that i wanted to touch on deb is i mean on this journey of being able to have this freedom from a, a lifetime of what is you know just torn you down with food what other things have you seen happen in your life because you feel this thing with food? Tell us about that. Yeah, that's the part that I, um, I'm so, like one, re- one thing was I found I was using my phone all the time as playing games all the time on my phone and just wasting, you know, I, a little bit is probably okay, but I was just finding myself more and more compulsive about playing these silly little games. And I just, I, I used the same techniques with, you know, my own mind and, and gave myself you know, the same process. I haven't even played a game on my phone since August. And I don't even want to play a game on my phone. Uh, You know, I've used it for, um, I make my bed every day, which is kind of goofy because I didn't really shame myself for not making my bed. But there was something about that first day when I first started doing this program that I got up out of bed and I made it. I thought, who was that? Like, who was that person? Um, and so there were a couple of things like that, that there's a lot, lots of them like that. Like, I just, I'll just go take a walk and then I'll find myself walking and I'll say, what happened? You know, it's not, I don't have to say, oh, I should take a walk. Oh, I haven't had many, I don't do steps anymore either, but, oh, I should see how many steps. It's not that heavy place. It's, it's a, it's just a brighter part of myself that really does want to do what's best for me. So, yeah. <laughs> That's so fun. And I just want to note the extremely different feeling between, all right, I use these tools and now I'm counting and it's at 90 days of no games and I'm just going to keep on going to 100 days and just like that will no, not at all. That it's going to all explode. You know, it's this, oh, I don't really want to, I don't want to do that. Like, it's so simple and it's so easy when your desires are aligned with what you actually choose and want. And it's just this easy flow. It's like, yeah, I just want to eat something higher quality. I just, you know, wake up in the morning. I don't worry about it. Like it's just this natural and normal thing because mm-hmm. you're not just trying and white knuckling to make yourself do something that you really don't want to do. It's like, no, I, that's what you want to do. But it just happens to be what you really want to do because you can hear that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was in here all along. Who knew? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And what else do you celebrate? Like, what comes to mind that is just a joy of being on the other um, side of the step? Well, I'm just, 
I'm, I am making, I'd like, I just like to celebrate how much happier the people around me are. Like, I can't even tell Like my husband, he just, he's so sweet. He's always been really supportive, but he's lighter. I can feel it. And he keeps saying to me, you're so happy. And I've always, like I said, I've always gone through those motions, but there's a genuineness now. Um, and, and so that makes me happy to know that I'm impacting the people around me. The fact that I can share what I've learned if I want to, you know, I feel, I, I just, I feel just a lightness of being. That's what I feel like celebrating. Just not that heaviness and not, um, and you know, it's not like, oh, every day is perfect. Of course not. People have days, but I don't go down as far before I remember to come back up. You know, like I don't sing. Like I remember just any little thing. It felt like I was, you know, when you go over a bump and you get that drop feeling that, you know, in the car when you hit, hit some bump and your stomach falls. That would happen to me all the time. And, and any little thing that wasn't going my way or that I perceived was negative. And I don't have that like physical scaredness of, about me anymore. It's just, I'm more equal, like just, yeah, it takes more to rattle me. And that's my own thinking. It's because I'm doing this. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You have, you have a new emotional home. You have a new strength and a steadiness that you get to enjoy because you're you. And it is, it's like, it is absolutely acceptable and something to be celebrated to have this freedom and peace of mind for just you because you deserve a life where you can be free. And it is also wonderful to see it impact everyone else where people get to see your authenticity and your joy and enjoy what you're able to be present and give them because you're actually there. And just the way that it's this ripple effect of our joy and our peace and our healing impacts so, so many other people, especially a powerhouse like you, Deb, who is already impacting so many people. For you to have that genuineness is just so good for the world. It is really nice. It is really nice. Um, And, you know, I still go through the airport. Sometimes I feel like something that I wouldn't normally eat in my everyday life. Sometimes I just don't want anything that nothing looks good. That was not an option before. It was like my chance to eat things, you know, like my, it was, so it's really nice now when I see an old binge food or something and I just say, yeah, I can have it, but I'm, I just don't feel like it. And, and that's just a, it does detangle, detangle all the threads a bit in your mind. And it gives you freedom to think about other things like my next project and my next, um, yeah, the, the next doing things that I really want to do, honing in on what do I want versus what do I think people want me to do is it's a wonderful ability that I am getting better and better at. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, yeah. And everybody, everybody I've dealt with, you know, all of the other members and the coaches and everything, it just, the um, genuine, sincere loving is so prevalent. Like it's just, you know, it's just, you feel it. And yeah. Yeah, that's just great. Thank you so much. We do. We love you. We love you so much. Uh, Well, you know, I do think that when I found you, I do think part of my 
I don't, I think it was a bigger, bigger reason that I found you, but still, I feel like um, your ability to laugh at it, your ability to say, you know, to be so joyful and, and sincere at the same time, you know, I mean, you're just with us. It, it really, that humor um, is what I teach and what I use. And there's not a lot of humor in hating yourself and, you know, being in the, being in the back of a room feeling, you know, or, freaking out in a grocery store. I mean, there's not a lot of, um, this, yeah. And, and so this is really, really nice. Yeah. What a, what a joy. And it's amazing to celebrate you, Deb. And Thank you. you know, as we look at how amazing things are knowing that it's going to keep on getting better and the best is yet to come. And it's, it's just this gift that keeps on giving and just who you get to, to be now that you know you were in there all along and you get to be that person. <laughs> like in this moment in time as we're celebrating you, is there anything else on your heart or your mind that you would like to share? Or do you feel like our discussion is complete? I think we covered, we covered a lot. I feel it feels good to talk about it and to remember you know, you asked darkest days and I just didn't really want to go. I, I just didn't go there, but boy, it didn't take long to, to remember how it felt and to keep that in mind for all of us because we, I've done so, so many things that were so much harder for no results. This is easy and I'm, it's easy. I mean, it's not like, yeah, I just, I'm very grateful. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And, you know, I think you make such a great point there of freedom is really where we're meant to be, right? Like that you that's been inside the whole time, Deb. I mean, it's such a natural thing to be happy, to be joyful, to be free, to, you know, be powerful that we do that. And we do, we forget, we forget how dark it was when it was dark. And so, being able to revisit that and really celebrate how far you've come because you, you have a new normal now, right? I'm just like, oh, this is my life. I'm happy and I'm free. And yeah, and just such a wonderful thing to celebrate. And Deb, just love you so much. I'm so excited for this to continue to blossom. And we are so grateful for you as well. And so proud of you and choosing that freedom. And I love that you guys have gotten to be here and celebrate with us. And just want to say this is Lydia, the lifestyle coach, and Deb signing off. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you felt a spark here and want to see how these principles can work in your own life, here is your next step. Pop over to LydiaLifestyle.com slash session. That's LydiaLifestyle.com slash session, where you can book a free session with our team. We'll give you a call and together find clarity on three things. One, the exact cycle you keep getting sucked into. Two, what isn't working with your approach. And three, what's missing to close the gap between food prison and food freedom. We have helped free hundreds of women all over the world from their food struggles. These are proven principles that work, no matter how long you've been stuck. This is Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach, signing off. Mwah!